1: If you've recently suffered a loss could be someone close to you could be your job or it could be a loss to a team of golfers from america who really rubbed it in your face at the end is it possible that running can help you process the emotions you're dealing with is emotional running even a good idea or does listening to your heart prevent you from listening to your body and could injury then just be around the corner well today on irishman running abroad the best of the best sonia sullivan explains what emotional running means, whether it can be harnessed for good and her own experiences of letting her heart move her legs. We will take a look back at a weekend packed with sport and running achievement, including my own first ever park run. I can't believe it took this long for me to do this. And Trevor Cummins uh, and his trip to Berlin for the marathon. We will get Trev on the live line to talk us through how it went from and of course we will have Sonia's tip of the week and a bit of news on how to convert your shoes into a pair of super shoes. That last bit sounds a bit mad but uh, you'll understand when I explain later in the show. As always, members get to hear the full extended episode with illustrated episode notes over on patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. Maybe this is the week that you've done that. Hello, Sonia in Cove how are you
0: good morning i'm very good it's um it's one, it's a good day today you know when, they, when the clouds depart and the sun comes out and you can actually see the islands across the water uh, it's always a good start to the day
1: yeah there's a bit of a metaphor in there obviously for what we're about to talk about but you've had a bit of an easier week uh, i i could see from your uh, feed that there was a fair few hikes involved I don't know about you, but I find even like there's emotion involved in running no matter what way you do it, because there's the emotion of actually trying to get out the door, managing your rest of your life. And uh, even on a down week, that can be a thing. Did you have the temptation throughout this uh, kind of restful week to just "Ah, affect this? Going to go for a run?
0: Not really, no, because a lot of the hiking was uphill. (laughs) These were serious hikes. (laughs) Uh, The only... The only temptation was on the way back down the hill, because oftentimes when you're coming down a hill and the the stones are moving under your feet, it's actually easier to run than to walk. Yeah. And you do find yourself breaking into a little bit of a run uh, as you're going along. But the amazing thing is that, you know, you think you go for a walk or a hike and it might be easier on you than a run. And you find that you've somehow managed to find all these little muscles that you don't use when you're running. And you're as sore as anything the next day.
1: Really, really. So you you've had a <laughs> oh, bit yeah. of a, a bit of delayed onset muscle soreness from the hiking?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Like you just feel like I felt like my glutes and yeah, that was like the main area. And I think it's probably when you're going uphill when when you don't have the walking poles or the sticks, which mm. you know, when you're out there you kind of think, Oh, that's why people use these. They could be <laughs> useful to give yourself a little bit of a pull up the hill. Yeah, and you actually have to drive up with your with your feet to to get yourself going. That yeah, there's a little bit of feedback afterwards, which is never a bad thing, you know, because at least you then see how you're working.
1: Mm. Uh, it's a. Uh... Been an emotional weekend for everyone. I think this is a strange old time in the UK here with this petrol crisis that's kicked off, and just I think it's more of a reflection of how fraught uh, people are at the moment. Is some of the stuff that seems quite small, not that the petrol thing is small, but resolvable or we could think through that. Just a tense time in terms of returning out of out of lockdown. Not the worst week to talk about emotional running. And of course, this is an episode that's come about as a result of our members uh, on Patreon one of our members who I won't name, suffered a sudden bereavement and said that you know what she went through and how running helped her in that situation definitely warrants an episode. So is this a, a subject around which there is much chat in kind of elite circles? Or is this just part and parcel, Sonia, of your understanding of this activity, that emotion is central?
0: Yeah, I think, I don't think there's really a whole lot of talk about it, but I think it's definitely something that does take place. And it's a very personal thing, I think, you know, the sense and the feeling of emotional running. And I suppose when you get yourself into a state of tiredness sometimes or, you know, when something becomes difficult, then I think your emotions are much more on high alert and they're much more obvious, Mm. the feeling that you get from them. And, um, you know, then I suppose that's what happens, not when you specifically go out to escape an emotion or to escape something around you, because, you know, often, you know, if you have something difficult going on in your life and you have a lot of people trying to comfort and support you, that sometimes you just need a bit of time by yourself. And it's often hard to explain that to people, you know, when there's people trying to help you, talk to you and You know, it becomes a thing where, you know, it's the central topic of a conversation when you meet somebody. And sometimes you just need an escape to get away and not have to deal with that. And then I suppose the danger is that you find, you know, the release from it all when you're out there on the run on your own. And you kind of think, oh, this is the place to go. I want to do more of this.
1: Mm.
0: And then you kind of can drift further away from people And then it's difficult to go back and talk to people again. So it's to try and get the balance between, you know, the emotional support from talking to people and then also the contentment and peace that you can get by being out there by yourself and just finding that space. And it can take time, you know, you're not going to just do a few steps out the door and all of a sudden feel, you know, you're, you're out in this, you know, comforted space, but You know, sometimes you might have to run a long way and you may have to go somewhere, you know, quiet, away from the busyness of streets and towns and, you know, more likely out into the countryside, into the forest, the woods, the parks. And you're in your own space. And, you know, oftentimes you can be out running. I don't know if you've got to this point yet where you're running and you don't even see people. You know, you might meet somebody afterwards and they say, I saw you out running today and you would have no recollection of seeing them because it's like you're running down and you've got the blinkers on and you're just so focused on the space that you're in, that you're, you know, everything else around you is just a blur.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is really interesting take on it because, you know, what you're describing is using running itself as the kind of form of soothing, essentially, and what I What I've looked up in preparation for today's episode was this phenomenon that a lot of people understand where, yes, they're going through all this stuff. Yes, they're going for a run to kind of have that space, as you described, that comforting space, that rhythmic flow that comes with that. But that that can be the place where the tears come and that that some people would see that as an alarm bell if they burst into tears while running or just start sobbing while out there. But in fact, it's it's not really a bad thing. As far as I can tell, and I'll read it what I've got. But have you had that experience yourself, Sonia?
0: Um, not really, no. So it's mean, OK I to think admit I've it more...
1: now. You're in a safe place here. <laughs> <laughs> you feel the hesitation there. You've never had I a cry I've... on a run? Uh... <laughs> you're, you're holding <laughs> out on me. <laughs>
0: um, not really, no, no. I mean, I've, I've probably more got angry, and
1: you really? know, pissed off with the world.
0: Yeah, and then you're just kind of you just come back in a better space. Right. <laughs> you know, you go, I've I've talked to myself out there, and uh, I've laughed on the run a lot, mm. and not really. I have not really cried on a run too much. Sometimes I think it's hard to do that.
1: Well, here's what I've looked up, right, is um, so Sue Varma from NYU, uh, a fellow of the American Psychiatric Association and a professor of psychiatry at NYU said, "When, when you do something repetitive like running, she says, you're in a mindful state. Your mind is clear and you're bringing in new ideas. And when you're running, your heart is racing, your blood's pumping, your skin is flushed and you're in tune with your breath and you can. Tune out the world, she says, you're in a state of flow, which is something we discussed with Mark Pollock on Sunday, if people want further reading on that. And for others, the state of flow could be while knitting or gardening or cooking or meditation. It's all about finding this sweet spot where your running is comfortable, just as you describe, you're not really seeing people, but you're just in that relaxed kind of, as she says, there's a mastery involved. Uh, She says that's when, for some of us, the clarity of introspection comes. And if you're not the most athletic, you might be making these connections for the first time in your life. So that would make sense that you haven't had this as much because, you know, this was just part of your life from a very early age. But for newer runners who are suddenly getting this clarity that they maybe have never felt that there's this cup of emotion that just overflows at that point because there hasn't been a relief from the static. Does that make sense?
0: Maybe. I mean, maybe because I've been running for such a long time. And I can remember, you know, way back when you're really little and running cross-country races. And, you know, I mean, athletes would often get themselves to a point where they'd be crying because... It's so cold and hard (laughs) and you're running in the mud. And maybe when you experience that when you're younger, then you kind of get it out of your system. So then you don't, you kind of see that as a negative nearly, that, you know, if you're crying in a race, and that's got to be the worst, you're in the worst possible state. And you learn not to put yourself in that state. And then maybe you reverse things around so that if you find yourself upset or crying at something in life in general, that you then turn it around and you go for a run to get better from it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of takes you away from that emotional state that sometimes it can make you a bit weak and you can't do things. So you can't do things that require high energy, but somehow you can go for a run. And if you, sec- if you go out at an easy pace where you're not, you know, putting yourself under pressure and you build into it that by the time you get back home, you're like a different person mm. and then you can do anything, you know, so your energy levels are greater and your uh, I suppose it's, it's a coping mechanism really and it's probably opposite to what you're trying to, I suppose, delve into here today is mm. my sense of going for a run and being emotional is to get rid of the emotions that, can make you feel weaker and you try and get yourself back on top of things again. Yeah. Because maybe that's the feeling that I prefer is to be able to deal with things and to put aside things that can pull you down and make you more vulnerable and, you know, get away from that, Um, which can can happen for, for lots of different reasons. You know, it can be, you know, athletic reasons or it can be, the personal reasons, you know stuff that's going on in your family life that you just need to escape it, mm. and then once you've figured it out for yourself, then it's like you can deal with these things on a much more rational scale than an emotional scale.
1: Well, uh, I mean, it is definitely one level to this. I think there's a few shelves in terms of what we're going to talk about here uh, on emotional running Uh, and, you know, the aspect that I first wanted to dip into was the one that I I think I've had a couple of messages about. What do you do when you find yourself crying and running uh, and or crying and you can't understand why? You're out on the run. That was a couple of messages I got on this. But definitely what you're describing there of using the run as a cleanse, I think, is probably the first and foremost way that people think about emotion with regards to running, especially during the past two years of tension and not knowing that the world nearly makes sense again uh, when you when you come back in the door. And if I am doing any kind of selling of running today, it would be that that if you tune into this just for the bit of crack with Sonia and myself each week and kind of can't get yourself out the door for the run or whatever emotion you're struggling with that way, it definitely puts the world to rights, I feel. Uh, before we uh, go to Trevor Cummins in Berlin to look at another side of this emotional story of running, a man who's competed in multiple marathons uh, and you know clocked some super fast times as Sonia's uh, worked with Sonia and coached Sonia a bit in strength and conditioning, had a different experience over there uh, this time around with the family in tow. Uh, Trevor is going to talk to us about uh, what what went on, what went on with him, what how it went and emotionally how he managed it. But before we go to him, my own uh, race this weekend, race in commas, was the uh, park run here in St Albans, something that you and many of the listeners have been encouraging me to do uh, for months and months and months. But I guess they haven't been around for a, a lot of time. So I never expected it to be as much crack as it was. I, I did have anxiety around this because I thought part of me thinks you make a fool of yourself. Another part of me thinks I just it will reveal a truth that I didn't want to face, which was my 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 true running reality and how fast or slow I'll go in this setting. But I, I Absolutely reveled in it, and Tina and Mike, you have to give them a big shout out, were the squad that we described last week and getting somebody down there with the bag ready to give you a hug afterwards. It made a massive difference to the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I, I was really surprised when I saw that you went and did the park run. I knew, you know, I kind of slightly hinted that maybe you should get yourself down there. But then there was a toss-up with some basketball thing going on, I think.
2: That, uh,
1: <laughs> They're <laughs> on at the same time. Yeah, go ahead. At the ahead. same
0: time. But uh, I was really impressed to see that you um, that you tossed a coin and the park run won this weekend. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think, was that a massive PB you ran as well?
1: It was, it was. For I 5k. Mean, yeah, yeah, 5k PB. It was all grass. And on a grassy course. All grass. Yeah, yeah. And hilly enough, I have to say, if people know the St Albans loop there, it's nearly it's like a slanted table that they run around. But it's a beautiful run. And, you know, one of the things that I couldn't get over was the vibe of the people. It's something that everybody will know if they've done one of these runs. Just how even Mikey said, God, Daddy, there was all sorts of people down there, all, all everyone you could imagine taking part. It was more of a community gathering than anything. Young, old prams and the whole lot. <laughs> I was overtaken by a pram at one point and I was like, Jesus Christ, Jar! what is going on? But this dude was a hardcore pram runner. His kids were in their element, like hooping and hollering as they went around the course. And of course, <laughs> he had the benefit of going downhill that he he nearly jumped on the back of the the pram and went down. Uh, but, you know, that, that was a part of it I wasn't expecting was just, you know, just that community kind of sense of being together uh, that I I just adored it. And I don't know, Son, you tell me, my first instinct was I won't go next week. You can't go every single week, uh, then maybe give a week off and pop down the, the week after. Is that a good or a bad idea?
0: Um, Well, I I think it's different for different people. It depends what you're using it for. And I think some people, you know, they use it as that's like their weekly routine. And, Mm. you know, if I don't go to the park run, I'm not going to get my run done. Yeah. But I think if you're using it as a bit of a marker, and I always say this to people, is that you, you know, if you go, if you were to go down there next weekend, then it wouldn't be a good idea to go out there and try and break your PB again, Mm. which is a danger that a lot of people get into because you can't go out there and it's like banging your head against the wall every week, trying to be better every week. You'd be better off to take that as, okay, this is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Let's go away and do a little bit of work. And then we'll come back and we'll test ourselves again in, you know, three or four weeks time, you know, to go down and have a good hard run at it. But then, you know, there's other methods of using the park run. You can use it as a part of your easy run, just as a kind of a method of getting yourself out the door on a Saturday morning at an early enough time, 9am, uh, mm. you know, you could, if you can run to the park, do the park run, run home, then you get your complete run out of the way. And then sometimes it's really good to use as a a threshold type run as well. I love to go down there and run around at a semi-comfortable pace. So you're not on the edge and you're not really stretched the whole way, but you're running, you know, 10 seconds slower than per kilometre than your best effort. Mm. So you can actually enjoy it a lot more and you get a whole different feeling for it when you do that to when you know, you're running more controlled and within yourself than when you're out there and you're running as hard as you can and you're trying to keep up with everybody and hold off all the prams and the dogs. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's all these little things, like you see all these little things about people who are around you and there's always something about these people that you kind of think, No, I don't want them in front of me. (laughs) And so we all have these little competitive instincts in us without Mm. even knowing it sometimes. I used to always have this thing that, you know, I couldn't get beaten by somebody who was wearing headphones. (laughs) That was like the worst. (laughs) It's become more difficult now with everybody wears headphones.
1: Yeah, actually, I did. I did pick up a pair of the bone conduction headphones, speaking of which, and I did wear them because I just I just grew really tired of the in ear and I wore them down. (laughs) I wonder was I overtaken by a few people going, what's he? (laughs) Look at this lad. But it was only specifically just to hear what pace I was I was going at. And I totally recommend them. I must get the name of the ones that I got. I think they're an aftershocks pair. But uh, I think we discussed these before that, like, how the hell does that work? But uh, that, Jesus, if it's good enough for Elliot, it's good enough for me. These these yokes were great uh, and you didn't feel like they were you couldn't hear what was going on around you, which was the uh, the lovely part of it. I will say some of the things I heard going on around me weren't great. Sonia. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, uh, there was so much wheezing, uh, coughing and spluttering, no spitting. I mean, they were were very clear on that. They were like, just like, let's be clear, no spitting uh, in COVID times during a park run as a baseline level of etiquette. But like you were hearing, oh Jesus! (laughs) People cursing, going, oh my God. (laughs) And that was only on kilometer three. And I was like, I'm I'm doing okay here. Because I I felt okay at, at kilometer three. But there was a fellow beside me. And it was like, They need to get the defibrillator ready here. This guy is going (laughs) to drop. Uh, And Tina and Mikey said the same thing that some of the sounds, they said they made the mistake of sitting on a park bench uh, mid course. And Tina said at a certain point they had to leave the bench because people were just throwing bags of stuff at them, going, watch my stuff. (laughs) She's like, what do I look like (laughs) cloakroom? And it was no question of would you mind or can you? It was here's my bag. <laughs> they were suddenly under a pile of coats. So they just buzzed off and watched from a different angle. But I do need to say a big thank you to them because it, just the marshals and that clapping you along, it really my first experience of any kind of race setting. It was wonderful. So shout out to everybody at the St Albans Park Run and everybody who went out and got their park run done this weekend. Let's bring Trevor Cummins in in Berlin on the lifeline. Talk to Jar. Joe on eighteen fifty seven one five eight one five. We have Trevor Cummins on the live line, direct from Berlin. Only twenty four hours after completing the marathon there in a time of two forty six thirty eight, uh, put in a real shift, as his own uh, description on Strava is not exactly what you'd hoped for, Trev. But a huge, huge uh, run and a massive achievement. I feel like from the post that you did that your own emotion afterwards had to be something that you were, weren't expecting.
2: Yeah, I suppose um, it was great to be back, firstly, in Berlin, Ireland. Um, fantastic city. Anyone who's um, who's came here and ran the marathon before will will understand why it's considered to be the, the best out there, certainly this side of the Atlantic. And uh, it was great to be back. But, yeah, unfortunately, just things... Um, didn't quite go as I was planning for. I was aiming to get in under two thirty, and that would have been a big ask. I would have needed everything to go in my favour, and yeah, things sort of never really felt quite as comfortable as they should have been from the early stages. And then from halfway, it became quite a slog. So you you see the the, the two and a half hour goal drifting. You see the likelihood of achieving a PB drifting, and and then you think, okay, today is just a case of getting round. And uh finishing it out, which is you know it, it's important to itself, but it's not what you what you came for, you know,
0: yeah, and I suppose Trevor it's like you knew you knew everybody back in cove was uh, was tracking you closely. like yeah, um, I know I was out myself running yesterday morning on on the railway line and um on the turnaround point, and you know I often stop on my run for a bit of a stretch and uh, <laughs> a quick flick out of the phone, and uh, I better check out Trevor's going. It's, uh, I started probably at nine fifteen Berlin time, and I figured an hour in I'd be getting close to the uh, the half marathon splits. Yeah. And I saw where you I saw where you were at five k and ten k, and uh, even up to half marathon was looking not too bad. But um, there was a I suppose you could sense that you were drifting a little bit off yeah. the pace, and then you start to think, I wonder what's Trevor thinking now. What's he going to do? Wow. And it becomes it, like you said, it becomes a a tactical kind of. You're, I suppose, you think about things way more than you would if you're on pace. When you're on pace, you're just kind of like keeping up, keeping up, keeping up. So, was that the first time that you've had to kind of, I suppose, manage the run to keep changing the plans to, you know, a level of acceptance that will allow you to, you know, yeah. get through it?
2: Yeah, yeah. It was definitely a new experience, Sonia, because uh, up until now. I've had like such great progression in the marathon, and that feeling that you get when you go through twenty, twenty-five, thirty kilometers, and honestly, up until yesterday, I've normally felt like having been dropped off in a taxi, you know, with with the last ten or fifteen kilometers just left to go. But yesterday, it, it, it never it never felt that way. Um, I think from about five, ten kilometers in, I was started just scratching my head, thinking this. This doesn't feel like it should or it has before. And we want to try and remain focused, so I did. Got to halfway, like you said, We're still within reach, but then I think I think the, the, the heat and the humidity was no doubt a factor and there was a lot of casualties yesterday. Um and you don't you don't put these things up as excuses, but you can't rule them out as being significant in terms of uh, how things pan out, you know.
1: I mean, it's uh, extraordinary to hear the two of you talk. And I know that loads of our listeners will be like, this is this is fascinating stuff, because for many of them, like myself, who have never run that kind of distance. And to Sonia, to hear you say that your brain is ticking over and you know now adjusting to the new reality that you're facing. It is extraordinary because our subject today, Trev, is emotional running and you know, whether running can be used to resolve emotion, essentially. But while our topic is around you know your external life and using running to uh, help with that, this is a whole nother uh, realm of emotional running where within the run itself, you're finding yourself having to get on top of this uh, sneaking suspicion that all is not well. Do you in those moments start going oh this is because of my breakfast this is because of this do you start does your brain spin a little bit as to why is this happening
2: not for me yesterday I don't think so it was just a case of just persevering you know and just just keep chipping away it was interesting I was talking with my wife last night and I was explaining to her I suppose the the, the different awareness that you have when things are rolling Sonia will tell you. Um, and I think any runner who's getting out there with the wind at their back and everything is feeling light and they're just rolling around, you, certainly in the marathon, you notice things like the beat of the drum, the fast beat and the cheering and the noise and the speed everything is working at is, is a lot faster, whereas yesterday, as I got deeper and deeper into the hole, I, I was just hearing things, the hand clapping was so slow. Yeah, the, uh, the the sound of the shoes, all the vapor flies that were coming after me, <laughs> just so slow. And uh, it's amazing how your mind is um, connected to, to to the rhythm that you're of working at, and uh, things were things were operating a lot in slow motion yesterday for me, um, certainly in the last ten kilometers. Wow,
0: it's amazing, really, isn't it? How I think was it two forty six? You ended up with yesterday
2: two forty six. Yes, yeah.
0: So that's like your your second fastest time ever. And, you know, to think that, you know, when you raise your expectations and you, you know, you set a a goal or a target for yourself that's, you know, so high that, you know, all of a sudden something that was acceptable a few years ago is all of a sudden that's kind of ordinary. And, you know, you're you're not running your best race, but you've been able to do that. How we can shift our goals and our targets just by the work and the effort that we put in that now you have to kind of work out, okay, but now how do I, <laughs> I suppose, um, put that aside? Because you do have to, like, I think when you have a race like this, the best thing that anyone can do is that you kind of put it aside. You have to work, you kind of work out and rationalize and, you know, put in things in perspective with yourself, how you accept that race. But then the sooner you can kind of not dwell on it anymore, the sooner mm. you can look ahead again. But at the same time, given it the respect, you know, of the effort that you still have to put in a big effort to do that. Whereby, I suppose, mentally and emotionally, as we're going to be talking today and physically, the effort of, you know, 16 minutes slower than you wanted to run can sometimes be harder than if you were running faster. Like you don't you feel like you're. Gliding across the ground, whereas yesterday you probably felt like you were in a cross-country course and <laughs> <Yeah>. plowing along. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, I think so. And perspective is massive, you know. And uh, I, I'm, I'm, I suppose, more satisfied right now with the, the level of acceptance that I've managed uh, to get garner, I suppose, since, since the race was done. You know, it's, it's done. It is disappointing that you put as much as I did into the preparation And although that's your initial emotion, you have to put things in perspective. And I think it helps that coaching and helping others, you know, have some perspective in terms of their exercise, their lifestyle helps because, you know, you have to practice what you preach. It's no point in going around telling everybody else, look at the big picture. You almost have to put yourself in the coach's shoes and and think, right. What would I say to that person Mm. if it was somebody else? And, um, you know, one tough day at the office doesn't take away, I think, from all the progress I've been fortunate enough to achieve over the last while. So um, yeah, just looking forward to relaxing the next few days and then picking out the next adventure and going again. You
1: know, uh, Trev, it, I think that sometimes I mentioned this with Sonia that uh, it's hard for people to relate to excellence in so many ways. The journey of the the new runner or the you know the person that's just out here trying to have a bit of fun and you know get themselves fit and healthy, if you had run this and it had been an epic, like all oh, timer, uh, this man, like you say, felt like he was been dropped off in a taxi with 10 kilometers to go, uh, that is harder to relate to people. But in so many ways, what you've been through this weekend is something that will enhance your coaching, as this is quite close to the experience that a lot of people may have when they attempt to run a marathon or even just a 10K that they get to that three quarters mark and it's not gone where they want to go. You suddenly got, you know, I'll tell you a story about Berlin 2021 that people can relate to. I wanted to point out one particular kilometre when I look at the the pace through it. Kilometre 37 having gone out at a 338 kilometre pace at at thirty-seven the pace dipped to five thirty-eight. Uh what happened in that kilometre? because obviously there's there's a chat going on in your head at that point.
2: Yeah, that was definitely a slow motion moment. <laughs> um <laughs> I, 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 yes, I, I, I think if I recall correctly, it was the second and final occasion that I stopped to a walk and I never, ha- I never entered my mind uh, stepping out, but I, I did feel that I would benefit from taking a bit of s- advice that some of us might have heard Zanya offering mm. before, I think, and that sometimes just taking a little stop and gathering yourself. And while it felt um, like the right thing to do at the time, I got an unmerciful headache, I think possibly just because of like, a combination of fatigue, exhaustion, and the heat Um, And my head was absolutely just, yeah, I I rarely felt pain like it. After another marathon a couple of years ago, I had something similar. But, yeah, that took me a little bit of while to get going again. Um, And just jogged it. I'd I'd say the last 10K, if you looked at the splits, it definitely felt like jogging anyway. And, um, yeah, going going back to something you said earlier about, like, where the journey has come from, we were laughing over the weekend about your debut over 5K, weren't we? Um, (laughs) And uh, that was Quite quite an impressive outing for for your first time. Yeah, and I know. You, sometimes you,
1: people... you list the last uh, 5K eras, uh jogging uh, with times of uh, 4.06, 4.35 and 4.34. I honestly looked at my pace in that park run on Saturday and thought, Jesus, Charlotte, you, you've got it, man. <laughs> that, that was me going flat out at <laughs> 4.34. I was like, Jesus, I honestly had never run that fast in all my life. The emotions that I was dealing with, Trev, was this can't be real. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this, uh, which is obviously another emotional experience that you have w- when you're out there. Talk to us about the the other side of, let's say, the opposite end of the Berlin spectrum. When you do get that feeling down the final part of it, that like, I know this is going to be a pee Is controlling the emotion in that moment tough or do you just let fly?
2: I think keeping as much focus and as control as as you can, you know. Yeah, for me yesterday, it was just getting over the line. You know that you know your family are sort of between where you are and the finish line. You want to make sure that you know their, I suppose, perception of 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 your experience is a good one. You don't want them to to be worried that you're suffering in any serious way. Mm. So yeah, it was just nice to see them, and I was able to stay positive for the fact that I knew I was going to catch sight of them, and um, it was going to be a different feeling. Normally, you want to be running past them at speed. <laughs> But it was it was just different yesterday. But there's a lesson in that too, you know. I've got two young boys who um, you can send them into classrooms and they can look into books all day long. But teaching them um, the value of um, sticking at things when when things aren't going to plan is is huge. You know, they're gonna they're gonna meet a lot of ups and downs in their life, I'm sure, like everybody does. So um, yeah, showing and uh, not telling, I suppose, is a good way of of of, of passing on Absolutely. there. You're,
1: Well, you certainly did that, Trev. Thank you so much for taking the call. Train with Trevor on Facebook. Uh, Look him up if you uh, want some advice from the man himself. He, uh, of course, offers brilliant coaching to multiple people, including Sonia. So uh, trainwithtrev.ie is the place to go. And give him a follow on Strava. But uh, congratulations, Trev, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thank you. Thank you, Jared.
0: (laughs) See you soon. We'll go for an easy run this week, Trevor. Take it easy.
2: Okay, take care. Bye-bye.
1: So that's your lot. If you're listening to us on iTunes or SoundCloud, head over to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad and you can hear our post-Trevor chat about emotional running, Sonia's tip of the week, uh, a solution for squeaky shoes, the benefits of considering lowering your targets and a bit more on converting your shoes to super shoes. Uh, It takes 30 seconds to sign up, couple of clicks and the price of a coffee each month and you're in. And you'll also get illustrated notes for every single episode that Sonia and I do, which uh, contain a whole load of other tips that might be useful or helpful to you, Uh, links and as I said, illustrations of some of the stuff that's been discussed. It's patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad.
0: One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise-wise.
1: Imagine you know a world where
2: everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.